Friday, somewhat lower humidity, 70 for a high, low 70s Saturday and mid-70s for the afternoon Sunday. Ralph Sanjay, WGSO. Rico's Tires and Wheels offers quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Rico's Tires and Wheels, just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. Rico's Tires and Wheels, quality used tires. They fix flat tires too, and they do wheel repair. Just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. Fitzmorris here wanting to talk food with you. It's the food show, the Wednesday edition as we barrel fast toward the end of February. Oh, yeah, I'm watching it. We are going to be joined today at three o'clock in our usual visitor slot by a guy who is a local attorney. His name is Daniel Lund, and he is a a fraternity brother of Tom's from many years ago. And uh, we got to talking when they did a little presentation dinner for Tom, which was really, really sweet. And um, this was a couple of weeks ago, maybe like a month ago. And we were talking about uh, Daniel has been watching Tom's career and a faithful reader of even his earlier things and was talking about the only disagreement that he ever had with Tom was that Tom did not like a place called Le Chateau Fillmore. And we started talking about that. I didn't know anything about Le Chateau Fillmore. And there was a connection with Frankie's, which was a popular restaurant with this show for many years. And this goes back to these questions that I have for Tom that I can no longer ask him. So I thought it would be fun to have him fill in by him, meaning Daniel, fill in some questions for me having to do with, I think, what Tom considered and what I am beginning to understand to be the golden age of modern New Orleans cuisine, which I'm sorry to say was about 40 years ago. It was when the farm-to-table thing started and there was a fresh look at these classic New Orleans dishes. And I think that reigned for a long time, but I feel like now we're kind of devolving into silliness a lot of places. Hip has given way to actually silly. And I feel like these were maybe the golden days of the modern New Orleans cuisine. So we're going to talk about that. 5569696 is the number. We may also have Will, who is just insanely busy. That is all you can say about Will. He is really, really busy all of the time. And so uh, he, we've been trying to get him on to talk about crawfish for, gosh, a couple of weeks now. And he told me last night that he could do it today. 
well, that was as of last night. I don't know what the day has brought for Will. I have texted him, and I hope that he will pop in and talk about crawfish because crawfish are happening now. I am seeing $7.50 a lot of places or $7.99 or that price under $8 a pound. Now, that's really high, but... It's a lot lower than it was, so we're at least moving in the right direction. If anyone has had crawfish, I would love to hear from you. I thought I had really discovered something when we passed Schaefer's Seafood on Lake Avenue yesterday, and I saw a blackboard sign saying crawfish $7.50 a pound. And I thought, oh, gosh, well, that's something to report. And then I got a text that that's, I think it was Dennis's had it for $7.99 a pound. And then I was on the North Shore thinking about going to get some more hogshead cheese. And right next door to his place, Trey's Boudin, there was a $7.50 a pound sign. So apparently that's going to be the going rate, at least for now. But I would like to see what Will says based on his many years of experience and real knowledge about all things crawfish uh, can tell us how that, or I should say what that portends for the remainder of the season, because we're kind of like, well, we're not halfway into the season. That's not true. But we're kind of like past the first third of the season. Doesn't doesn't it usually start like right after Christmas? And and so we would be rounding out the first, uh, I guess, trimester of the crawfish season. It seems that way. Anyway, I know that Easter is the pinnacle. And we are, what, five weeks? Five weeks from Easter? 556-9696 five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. It is National Sticky Bun Day. I don't have to ask you if you like sticky buns, Patty. I already know the answer to that. I'm not even sure what a sticky bun is. Me either, but it sounds good. Oh, you, <laughs> you don't do sticky buns? They're kind of around. I think those are like cinnamon rolls, yeah, with, only with stickier. Yeah, with like lots of icing or something on them. Oh. I don't know. Let's see what Tom says about that. National Sticky Bun Day. Oh, well, that's all he says. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, uh, he said he hasn't yet mentioned that February is National Potato Month and that today is National Hash Brown Potatoes Day. Well, hash browns are my thing. Hash browns are now a grotesque misnomer everywhere, I think. I understand hash browns, and this has been the way it's been for the 20th century, for sure, that hash browns are those, not they're not only the frozen things, but the frozen shreds of potatoes that when put into a skillet, toast, crisp, and then come out on your plate as a kind of yummy. I really have a taste for those. I hate to say frozen potatoes, but I really do like those. You only see them at places like Camellia Grill or Waffle House. I guess IHOP would have those kinds, but those are really kind of, I don't know, nostalgic and I like them. Where else do you see them, Patty? You ever see them? 
Hmm, not Usually, really. It used to be where you would get that when you ordered hash browns in even a standalone restaurant. Now what you get when you order hash browns in standalone restaurants, not chains, is what I consider to be Brabant potatoes, which are cubes of fried potatoes. Yeah. Which are not hash browns. I'm sorry. Those are Brabant potatoes. Now, they stopped calling them hash browns a lot of places, and they call them breakfast potatoes. And I'm good with that because that's recognizable. You know what you're going to get when you see breakfast potatoes on a menu. You're going to get fried potato chunks. Oh, is Darren calling back with uh, his number two report? Um, of course, Darren is calling right before the break. So we're going to hold him over because we're close enough to the break. And uh, I will finish my little dissertation on hash browns. I had the worst, quote, hash browns I've had in a long time, oddly enough, at Patois over the weekend. I was shocked by that because it was a delicious meal otherwise, but they were kind of greasy and essentially just fried, I guess, maybe new potatoes. I don't know, but not, not that impressive. And of course, then get, we get to my hash browns, which are the best. And I say that without a shred of apology that I am crowning myself the hash brown queen, but that's what Tom has said forever. Those are in our... Recipe book and on the web in the recipe section because they're just freaking delicious. And we will take a break and be back with more of the food show after this. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. Okie dokie, let's go right to Darren. I've been waiting for this report since you teased it the other day. So, but you know what I wanted to tell you really quick? Go. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, because I, uh-huh. I, I feel like I mutilated it and, it, and it deserves more respect. So it's real quick. So that, that Mediterranean experience, it was Ursa dusted big eye tuna, the Greek, whipped chickpea hummus with pita, Seared foie gras. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Foie gras, yes. Mm-hmm. Toasted orzo and spicy duck ragu. Ooh. Macaroni bechamel, which was incredible, actually. And then the meat. Char-grilled brenzino, which is a fish. Yes, Mediterranean fish. Filet, I'm seeing that on menus around town. Did you like that? Wait, did you like the brenzino? I loved it. Okay. loved it. All right. Filet mignon, kafta, mm-hmm. chicken dolma, saffron rice, and roasted baby eggplant. 
And then the dessert was the Orla rice pudding and Satelia chocolate parfait. Okay. $97 a person. Yeah, that is, that's really terrific. I mean, really, really terrific. The Branzino alone is half that. The, you know. the the waiter said, this is not going to last long. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, okay. so we went to the Grand Canyon, and we went on the reservation, which is Eagle, Eagle Point is the name of the actual spot. Okay, let me let me and, ask um, you a couple of questions here, okay? Because I have okay. to I have to get a perspective on a visual perspective on this. All right, there's the south rim of the Grand Canyon and the north rim of the Grand Canyon where the Indian reservations are, and those are four hours difference from each other. Unless of course you go down into the bowl and hike back up, in which case it's longer than four hours. People call that a rim to rim, and I've seen people run it. So were you around Page and the North Rim? Well, we were. So Eagle Point is in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in Arizona, and it is owned by, I'm going to just brutalize this. It's H-U-A-L-A-P-A-I. That's the Indian tribe. Okay, Hualupai. Okay. Now, all right. That's who so owns it. How long did it take you to drive from Las Vegas to this area? So, I, so that so the entire day was approximately fourteen hours. Okay. So, did you go to the Indian Reservation prior to going to uh, Hoover Dam? So, yes. So, the Indian Reservation, and they own Skywalk. Oh, cool. Which is is what we did, the Skywalk. Okay. Okay. Were you on the south rim or the north rim? Because I don't know where Skywalk is. I know what it is, but I don't know where it is. For those people who want to know, it's where you walk out and look down. Go ahead. What? Yes. So, that is Eagle Point, Grand Canyon, West Arizona. That's where the skywalk is? That's where the skywalk yes. is? Okay. So I'm looking on a map right now, actually. I don't know. Okay, but, but looking on the so map. It's considered Grand Canyon West. Yeah, see, I don't know that. So there's, there's the south rim of the Grand Canyon and the north rim of the Grand Canyon. And the north rim is where the Indian reservations tend to be. So... Um, if you if you did you go to the you didn't go into the Grand Canyon at all. Is yes. that right? You did. Yes. Oh, okay. So where did you yes. go into the Grand Canyon? So we went into the Grand so after we left Eagle Point, uh-huh. The next stop was oh, Marianne, it's the name that it's the name it's 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 the name of Bat droppings um of what geez, name of bat droppings you said droppings because it's originally before before the tribe reclaimed it originally bat droppings were being mined out of that part of the grand canyon because for what because 
for, for medicinal. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. See, so did you ever go to a place called Grand Canyon Village? Was that part of it at all? No, not to okay, my knowledge. Okay, so you were not at the Grand Canyon that most people go to because that's Grand Canyon Village where there's a so lot of... I'm pretty sure my wife and my daughter went there and Kim was telling me that this was such a different experience because there, I believe, is where you see more greenery and foliage and 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 more wildlife, whereas Grand Canyon West is like as dry. Yeah, I don't even know. I'm going to look this up no on a map. Green. What Grand Canyon West actually is? Well, I, I guess if you Google Eagle Point Grand Canyon, you can see it. Okay. Because I'm looking at it, on it right a map. now. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so keep going. I'm sorry. So that's where the. Uh, so that's where the. Uh, we had the fire roasted chicken. Uh Which was, you know, I never thought I would say something like this about chicken. It was the juiciest, moist, most flavorful chicken that I have ever had in my entire life. I mean, it was was just so good. How was it cooked? Over an open flame. Mm -hmm. Okay. And And this was was at somebody's house? Did you say this was at somebody's house? No, so there is, so on those grounds, everything is controlled by the reservation. And so they also control all of the food and entertainment as well. Okay. That's that's the situation that's really prevalent out there. Um. It's like you have the Grand Canyon National Park Lodges, I've talked about this before on the show, has a an agreement with the Park Service, and they do everything. They do the curio shops, the hotels, the restaurants, everything. So I guess this would be a similar thing, although I don't, like I said, I don't know where this is. All right, go ahead. So I'm looking on, I'm looking on the map now. So it is considered Grand Canyon West. And it is closer to the Grand Canyon National Monument. And I can see the other side of the Grand Canyon, which what must be what my wife was speaking about, which would be on the Death Valley National Park side. You can see that's where the greenery is. And below that would be the Mojave National Preservation. So, yes, yeah, so we were on the Arizona side. I guess the closest... Did this include the, the Grand... This didn't include Death Valley, did it? No, no. Okay. Because okay. we came okay. out I mean, of... California. Yeah. We okay. came out of Vegas. So we went okay. through the Joshua Tree Forest. That was probably the most green that you would see. Mm-hmm. And then Grand Canyon West, and I did find it. It's called Guano Point. So Guano is bad dropping. Well, that, that is bad droppings for sure. <laughs> now, that is incredible because, and boy, do I have some pictures. I can send Patty one or two. There is nothing restricting you. Like, Marianne, you could just walk up to the edge and 
there's nothing there to catch you. I mean, it is just incredible. Well, it's the Grand Canyon. I mean, the whole south rim of the Grand Canyon, there's nothing to catch you either. Well, don't have like, any. I mean, the, thank God the they haven't put railings more yet. Like, had, yeah, Eagle Point had like railings and it was a little oh, bit more. God. And obviously the, the Skywalk had railings. Okay. Well, but, yeah. Um, yeah. But it was just, it was incredible. And the, uh, as simple as the meal was, the meal was, it was just, it was, it was good. I mean, there's really so, no other way to. So you were at a restaurant. This is like a restaurant where you had it. No, it's, it's, so it's, it's almost like as if Out- you were at a, almost like a tailgate. I mean, it's. Okay. It was outdoors. Okay. It's outdoors. Uh-huh. And they also perform. Again, this is, you know, uh, Native all American controlled, dances. Yeah. All controlled by uh-huh. by them. And then um, probably the neatest wildlife that we did see. I mean, aside from an American eagle, you see say, a lot of coyotes. You surely should have seen some American eagles. Some and you see a lot of coyotes. Bald eagles. Uh-huh. Okay. So, but, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, we're, ta- you know, obviously this is the food show. But one thing, and I, and I guess well, we you, would consider... You, you, <laughs> I'm going back to a memory here. So this is this is what you would technically call narrow casting. This is just for me. But I am curious about about this place because I, but you, you know, know, I don't know what and, you're. And Marianne, we would to. consider water food. You know the things we take for granted. I mean, just, like that's the other thing we learned. Just what it takes for them to get drinking water is unbelievable. It has yeah. to be delivered, and then it has yeah, to be dispensed into these tanks. Yeah. It really is incredible. Yeah, you're going to make me and, sad. And, Don't and, keep talking about that. And Go loving ahead. food the whole time I was thinking, it's not like when you're living there, you can say, oh, I'm going to run down to the poor boy shop and get a roast beef on French. No, it's very different. No shot. I mean, if you're not really cooking it, you're traveling a very long yeah. way to get it. <laughs> Well, you know that that Grand Canyon occupies a very large swath of territory, and all around it is uh, exterior of the territory. So, yes, I mean, when I lived there, you had to, you if you wanted to go to this place called Havasupai, which don't anybody look it up because you'll want to go there, and too many people are going there already. But it is waterfalls. And you had to travel, like, you know, a couple hours on a dirt road. I mean, it's quite inaccessible. I mean, now it probably is, but anyway. And, you know, you said Which something part of earlier, and it might, it might not be the same thing. When Tom was refer- referencing sticky buns, he wasn't refer- referencing the Asian sticky bun, was he? Well, I don't know, because he didn't say we, anything about it. So we ate those in Nevada, and they we, we had pork filled sticky buns and boy those are good wait where where in nevada not so at no it was that we went to a little place at caesar's okay and it was like an array of different asian cuisine Uh and one of the offerings you would open up like that I don't know what the was it the name of it is. It's like a bamboo it, like dim sum and yeah dim sum okay. the sticky buns were so sweet soft and then the ones I had it was filled with pork it was really good okay Darren you Just had really quite good. an experience I'm glad to hear it we, the best we, trip we ever is that what you're saying 
you know, it's, well, I, I still think maybe the island of Nevis. Oh, well. That one, that one would be hard to beat. Uh-huh. And the cuisine there was pretty incredible. So, okay. But, well. um, hey, on a final note, I can't say too much, but um, something did happen for my daughter. So, oh, wonderful. Um, more to come. And, and she'll be leaving New Orleans in April. Okay, fantastic. Well, whatever so, you can say, we love hearing it. I feel like we're on this journey with her. You got it. I'll let you know as more unfolds. All so, right. Contract still needs to be signed. That's why I can't okay. say much. Okay, so. well, congratulations. All right. Thank you. All right. Alrighty. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. I thought he said that he went into somebody's house to eat at on the reservation. Is that what you got when the first cut the tease of that? Mm, no, I don't remember. I just remember him saying he went to a reservation. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I am now very confused because you know a lot changes in forty years, and so. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't even recognize Vegas, and I don't know how that depressed that would make me. Or maybe it might be exhilarating. I don't know. But um, but I, I know the Skywalk thing was not there, and I am really curious to see on a map, like, where that is. 14 hours is a heck of a long tour, though, but that's the way it is. The neighborhood out there is really big. It's news time. Louisiana, Louisiana Radio, Radio Network. Network. I'm Brooke Thorrington. At the crime special session in Baton Rouge, the first item to receive approval by the House Criminal Justice Committee is a measure that increases penalties for carjacking. Under the bill, a person convicted of carjacking that results in serious bodily harm will get 20 to 30 years. Katie Hunter-Lowry, with the Promise of Justice Initiative, spoke against it. Incarcerating people for lengthy periods of time in prison is very expensive. A 30-year sentence will mean you are housing more elderly people in detention centers. But bill author Metairie Representative Lori Slagle says carjacking cost the life of a 73-year-old grandmother during a brutal carjacking in 2022. Legislation to conceal carry without a permit will also be debated, but New Orleans Metropolitan Crime Commission President Rafael Goanechi says you must pass a test to get your driver's license and carrying a gun shouldn't be any different. Why would we want to give anyone over the age of 18 carte blanche to carry a concealed weapon without absolutely no training. LRN. This is Nancy Landry, your Secretary of State. The Louisiana presidential primary is March 23rd. As a reminder, only registered Democrats and Republicans may vote in their respective party's primary. All qualified voters, regardless of party, may vote in local elections within their jurisdiction. Register to vote or update your registration in person or by mail by February 21st or online by March 2nd. Visit GEAUXVote.com for more information. Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. If you want to take a look at what some of the finest companies in customer service have in common, I'll tell you. Take a look at the Nordstroms, the FedExes, the Ritz-Carltons, the L.L. Beans. 
Peel back the layers and here's what you'll find. You'll find a culture based on values that permeates from the top of these companies through their employees and to their customers. These values involve the way that both customers and employees are treated and a mission statement that hangs in their lobby. Every interaction, every engagement, every motion is executed with a particular intention based on those values. They have a mission, they know what it is, and they keep it top of mind. It's often referred to as constancy of purpose. Companies that have a mission, a constancy of purpose, stand out from the others. To learn more, check us out at thekindnessrevolution.net. The solar eclipse is coming in April, and you're going to be hearing a lot about it as it gets closer. You'll also be hearing about how important it'll be to have your solar eclipse glasses for your family and friends. Why not buy them from the store that promotes kindness? Simply go to shop-kindness.com and buy yours today. That's shop-kindness.com. By the way, our listeners get a 20% discount on all items. So head to shop-kindness.com and enjoy the eclipse safely with your family and friends. Remember, shop-kindness.com. I won't dance, don't ask me. Dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madam, with you. Okie dokie, Darren is bringing back some powerful, wonderful memories for me. So do forgive me for going off on that tangent. Last night, we went to Rizzuto's. The food show works on me first, I say. And uh, we were going to go to Tana. My daughter came back from uh, Cabo. And she had been working there for about 10 days. And so she came back about the time that we could get over there to meet up with her. And so we all went to dinner. We were going to go to Tana. But naturally, Tana was closed yesterday. So, and always that takes me a little long to figure out. I was wondering why I couldn't get a reservation. And then I noticed that they were closed yesterday. So I thought, okay, where can we go that I can, as Tom used to always say, get something out of it? We've already talked way too much about Giorlando's, any place else in Metairie, Porter and Luke. Desi Vega's Steakhouse, not going back to Station 6, don't need to go to, well, anyway, there's so many different places that we have been that, you know, we needed someplace new. So I thought about Rizzuto's. So we went to Rizzuto's. And I want to mention this. They have a happy hour. I don't think the Food prices are half off, but I think they are discounted. And, of course, the drinks are the usual happy hour drink things that happen. I don't pay much attention to that because we don't drink. But it has been a long time since we've been there. And we got so much food, it was kind of obscene. We went, uh, we, we arrived before she did. So we got some of the char-grilled oysters, but they're not char-grilled. They're really kind of um, baked oysters, and they're called Oysters Risotto. And they are, for all the world, stuffed artichokes, except that there's oyster there. And we got a meatball, 
which was sensationally good. It had ricotta on the bottom of it and was bathed in a delicious red sauce. It was delicious. Mary Lee and I are both, both of, uh, we're both meatball fanatics. And so um, it uh, was good to, you know, share that with her. And we absolutely loved it. It was so rich, though. It was so rich, I couldn't really eat too much of it. Between the ricotta and the really dense, luscious red sauce, the meatball was perfect. It was a large meatball. And then we ordered the fettuccine done tableside. And I kind of expected... I thought the, the $16 price was odd because that seemed really low for a tableside presentation. And I imagined that we were talking about a lot of fettuccine. So I asked if it was $16 a person and she looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, okay, well, that sounds like a really good deal. But in fact, it wasn't. It really wasn't a very big portion of fettuccine at all. It was way too much trouble to be doing that tableside. Um, it was good. It was it was also really rich. And it was enough for three people because of how rich it was. And then we got fries because they were cutting them back there. And I always like to check those out. They were... I don't like their fried situation either. I don't, I am just like pretty much completely turned off to something that comes to the table that is deep fried and dark because I want to send it back and say, okay, change the oil. Uh, these were shoestring fries and they were dark. They were okay, but I just can't get past that. I just can't get past that. Uh, my daughter liked them, so we kept them. And um, the same was true of the veal. The veal risotto was first panade veal, pounded out panade veal, and it came with a layer of artichokes, tomatoes, I don't know, olives, not olives, artichokes, tomatoes, I guess onion. I'll have to look that up and see. But it was a big pile of things on top of this uh, fried or panade veal. And it too had that darkness on it. And I just, I, it's a big turnoff for me. I mean, I, I may be hypersensitive to it, but I really, really, really don't like that. When you can get fried foods in other places and they're golden brown and crispy, don't do that. You know, especially if you're charging those prices. I mean, it was $184, you know, so... Um, it should be, it sh you should be changing the oil more than that. And I had the seafood lasagna, which was kind of a small portion, I thought. And it was, it was good. It was uh, in a sauce that was loaded with seafood and mostly crawfish. 
And we had some Alio Olio that I think came with Tom's veal risotto. And it literally was angel hair in olive oil. And that was it. No herbs, no salt, no anything. So we used a lot of the Parmesan that was on the table from, I guess, the fettuccine. They brought Parmesan and she left it on the table. So we doctored it up with that. And I, I ate some of that with the lasagna because the lasagna had like a really rich, creamy sauce that needed something besides just the lasagna noodle. And so I had some of that with that. And Mary Lee got a wedge salad, which she did not care for. She didn't like the blue cheese on it. It was one of those wedge salads, and I don't understand this, and I definitely don't like it. When a wedge is drizzled with balsamic dressing. A wedge, to me, is blue cheese dressing, bacon, tomato, sometimes purple onion, and that's it. I don't want balsamic dressing on it also, but that's how it came. She didn't even finish that, which is extremely odd for her. I had a spectacularly delicious crab cake in all of that. The crab cake was a very large mound of crab cake. It was, I think, broiled. It was not pan seared. There was no butter involved. It was a mound of mostly jumbo lump crab meat held together by magic and toasted on the edges. So it was broiled. And it was, there was no butter underneath it. There was nothing. It just came by itself on a plate. Very simple. And it was really terrific. I mean, it was crab. It was just like loaded with crab. Really great. I can't decide if that was my favorite thing on the menu. The meatball was very close. But those two things were outstanding along with the oysters risotto. I mean, those were three just killer dishes. Fettuccine was great. Everything had the the image in my mind of being ultra rich. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just can't eat a lot of it, which is there's nothing wrong with that either, you know, but it was really rich, really rich. And I was delighted to see Santino there. We uh, talked to Andrea last week and I asked him about some of the people that I particularly liked at Andrea's. Santino was an older man waiter that he, you know, I mean, it seemed like he came with the building. He was there forever. And I just looked up and I, I said, is that Santino? And I called to him and he came over. It was really, really nice to see him. I'll tell you what, everybody that was sprung from Andrea's, including and certainly by far the most obvious uh, Andrea himself, looks so much better now than they did then. I mean, Santino looks 10 years younger 
Andrea looks 20 years younger, so it was obviously a good development for them. Anyway, it was very nice to visit with him. The place started to fill up as we were leaving, and it was a really delicious, overall, a really delicious meal. And we'll be back after, after this. Parish Coffee is a small-batch, handcrafted blend of carefully selected Central and South American beans, skillfully roasted to produce a coffee that is aromatic when you open the bag, robust when it's brewed, and very smooth and mellow when you drink it. This is a coffee that will take you through the day, a gourmet roast without the gourmet price. Pick up a bag where you shop or go to parishcoffee.com and see the full line. Parish Coffee. Hashtag wake up to Parish. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. You know, I love to eat outside. I mean, like, that's my thing, as everyone knows. And I just can't warm to that outside patio that they have there. It's It's so different than the interior. It's like a different restaurant. And it's too bad because they have this happy hour that goes on in the bar and it's also outside. And um, and we couldn't participate in it. But there were, there were only a couple of things we might have gotten otherwise that we, you know, that we didn't get because it you know, we weren't doing, we were paying the full price. 556-9696 five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. We have Daniel Lund coming up to reminisce about the golden days of New Orleans cuisine. And uh, I have a lot of questions for him. Maybe you will too. And uh, I hope to get them answered. 556-9696. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. It's National Potato Day. I started to pat myself on the back for my wonderful hash browns. I didn't just wake up and create this fantastic hash brown recipe. I did a lot of research because I've kind of been a hash brown nut for a long, long time. And I was trying to recreate those frozen hash browns, but have them not be frozen. And I did it with raw potatoes, and I realized that that was a recipe for disaster. So I then discovered that if you baked the potatoes ahead of time and let them cool down and you took them out just shy of that sweet spot, you would cook them the rest of the way and have the perfect hash brown. And so the perfect hash browns to me and to Tom and to anyone that's ever had my hash browns, I mean, it's a thing. It, you, you, you have a lot of butter, a lot, a lot of butter. And you put the green onions down, chopped green onions, onto this 
cast iron skillet or cast iron griddle, and you let them sort of not get black, but certainly get quite cooked. And then you grate the potatoes right on top of that. The cold potatoes with a grater are then the right size. And you just, Tom says that hash browns are totally a match for my cooking style, which is to walk into the kitchen, turn a burner up on hot, all the way high, and walk away from it. And then when the smoke alarm goes off, it's done. And that's pretty, that's pretty true, I have to say. So the hash browns, we cover the skillet or the, uh, or the griddle. And then when it's been a long time, you check and make sure that they've crisped enough. And this is all on high, of course. And then you, what I would do is I would put some more butter on before I flip it over. And then I flip it over. And then salt and pepper, and you are good to go. And there are parts of those that are crispy brown, some black, uh, and it's it's soft on the inside, and they're just perfection. I mean, they're way better than the ones that are frozen, but I also still really like the ones that are frozen, too. But anyway, that is the hash browns that we do here. Tom calls them Marianne's hash browns, and they are indeed uh, my um, creation. Tom says, hash browns are a fuzzy concept in shape. They run the gamut from large diced potatoes to finely shredded. They're usually cooked in a hot grill or skillet, but the other ingredients combined with it range from nothing at all to cheese, onions, bacon, ham, and whatever else the cook at the greasy spoon has handy. Everybody has a different preference. Tom says his is the way I, I make them. My wife, Marianne, makes them, which takes advantage of her penchant for burning things. She pre-bakes potatoes a little less than you would for eating. Then she melts some butter in a hot skillet, shreds the potatoes right into the skillet, scattering some chopped green onions as she goes. Then she walks away till she smells something burning, turns the potatoes over, and lets them go a little longer. This technique is terrible for most cooking, but happens to be perfect for hash browns and the result is irresistible. If I do say so myself, I completely concur. 5569696 is the number. The Old Kitchen Sage says if you're going to boil potatoes for any reason, buy potatoes that are all approximately the same size. You wouldn't believe what a difference this makes, not only in texture, but flavor too. I proved that to be true just five days ago when I made mashed potatoes with two very large potatoes, but one was larger than the other. They boiled for a really long time. I was shocked at how long it took to boil those through. And there were still parts of the larger one that were not completely done, although not offensively so. When I bite into a baked potato or any kind of potato, that is not fully cooked. I'm usually horrified because that means I won't eat it and I do love eating potatoes. I have had this happen at restaurants from time to time and I'm very not only disappointed but surprised but not so much so if I make a mistake like that. And I did over the weekend and I but I I ate it anyway. It was it was close enough that you could still eat it. 
but sometimes it's not, and that's quite unpleasant, actually. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We have Daniel Lund coming up. He is going to fill in the blanks that I have about certain places from a long time ago. And I invite other people to do this too, because we had this guy call up. Well, we have we have Alan who does that periodically, because he worked here for a long time before he moved to Seattle. And then we had this other guy who found us somehow named Skip, and he called, and we had a nice conversation with him about the good old days. And then I wanted to ask Daniel to do this as well. Oh, Alan heard himself conjured up. So come on in, Alan. <laughs> what, what, what did you say about conjured up? I said Alan must have heard himself conjured up. Oh, I, no, I just I did. Um, what did you mention? Um, I did. Me? I just, I just did. I said first we had Alan, who used to work. Oh, oh, oh. In the I business. See. I mean, like two seconds ago, right before you called. I'll be darned. Um, mm-hmm. You, you mentioned Santino. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Did I tell you that Santino was my back waiter um, when I worked at Andreas? No, he's been there for. Did he come with the building? Did was he one on the original staff? I think he was. Uh, well, um, that's a good question. Um, I because I don't know who he worked with before me. So, I yeah yeah my, my memory fails me. Who came, he was probably there. You're right. Um, when I got there, I doubt he came afterwards. Um, I'm I'm just wondering who he worked with before uh, me. But anyway. Uh, yeah, Santino, my goodness um, gracious. So, um, and, and you say he, I love he him. looks even better? He, he looks, looks fantastic. He looks fantastic. Wow. I, uh, I, you know, he looks, I don't know, 20 years younger. 10, 20 years younger. Yeah. Hmm. I have well, to text Andrea and ask him if Santino was in his original staff. Go ahead. What? Yeah, I'm curious. So uh, I listened the whole time you were talking about uh, this restaurant, and uh, you weren't uh, you were impressed by some things and some things not so much, mm-hmm. uh, like the aglio It's interesting that they didn't. It wasn't cooked with garlic. I mean, you couldn't tell. Nothing. If, uh, now, now I don't know if if aglio olio is how they represented it on the menu. So I could be. You know, totally wrong, and it could be just veal risotto with a side of pasta. As a matter of fact, to be fair, I'm going to look it up right now on the menu, but that was what I thought it was when it came to the table because some people do not do aglio olio with herbs and and usually just garlic and olive oil, but that sort of seems... um, well, to our taste, because we do a, a much more herbal one, uh, it seems sort of bland. But anyway, right, go ahead. And what's the name of this place again? Rizzuto's. Rizzuto. Rizzuto. Rizzuto's Ristorante and Chop House. And how, where is this in relation to Andrea's uh, restaurant? Okay, it's, it's the old Tony Angelos. It's in the old Tony Angelos. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'll be darned. It's I. You know, I I didn't even know Tony Angelo's uh, is no longer. 
Oh, gosh, Alan. Um, Tony Angelo's did come back from there's a picture of the meatball on the front page of uh, the website for Rizzuto's. And it is a glorious thing of beauty. Um, mm. <clears throat> let's see. They came back after Katrina. And Patty, you would know this if you were Tony Angelo's regular. When did they, well, Tony died. That's when it ended. Because Tony oh, died. Okay. So I don't uh, know when Tony died. But mm-hmm. that was the end of the restaurant. Because his daughter okay. didn't want to keep it going. And that's I, when. And then Rizzuto's, I think, moved right in. I mean, I, however old Rizzuto's is. As a matter of fact, let me look that up. Because it says about us. So let's see. When they did it. And I, I don't, yeah, I don't see it. So I'm wondering. Uh, 2017, Rizzuto's opened okay. up there. So 2017. So then Tony made it past okay. Katrina for a, a good while. I mean, I remember Tom saying that he was so impressed by Tony Angelo, who was like 80 when Katrina happened. And wow. he was out there cleaning up and Tom stopped to say hello and... He was marveling at, you know, this 80-year-old, which, you know, is now the new 60. But uh, he was marveling at Tony, who was out there cleaning up and getting ready to reopen. And he said, why are you bothering? And he said, because if I don't, the neighborhood won't come back. So, Yeah, Tony Angelo's closed permanently on Christmas Eve in 2016. And then Rizzuto's opened in June of 2017. Okay, yeah. I mean, I knew it was pretty quick. I know that Rizzuto's was in there right after a renovation. And I was curious because the Tony Angelo's people were quite faithful to Tony. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering how that was going to work out for Rizzuto's. But I think they've been quite accepting of Rizzuto's. It's good. Imagine, it's definitely good. Yeah, it's quite good. Rizzuto's, Rizzuto's probably got, uh, retained some of the employees from Tony Angelo's. I mean... Santino, uh, uh, as far as I know, I would think stayed with Andrea until he closed. He did. He did. Okay. All right. Yeah. And he yeah. said that, I think he told me that he worked someplace briefly and, um, and then he, he came over there, but he's quite mm-hmm. happy there. So I'm texting Andrea as we speak to find out if Santino was among his original staff. Cause I'm very curious about that. You know, I really wanted to call uh, and shout out at the Why Andrea. Why didn't you? I could would have loved to him. hear from you. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was listening, but but I couldn't get away. I couldn't talk. Oh, no. Okay. All but right. anyway, um, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. that's all we have time for anyway, Alan. You are welcome. Okay. To, I was going to say you are welcome to hang on, but uh, we have a guest. But you know what? You might know this guy. You might know him. So listen, and if he, if you do know him, call in. All right? I'm listening. Okay. All right, take care. <laughs> Bye, Bye, Alan. Always good to hear from you. 556-9696 is the number. If you do have recollections you want to share with Daniel Lund, who is our guest, Uh, At 3 o'clock, it will be just reminiscing about some of the good old places, uh, the most prevalent of the list, Le Chateau Philmar.
Also, weavers. I asked him to call when he talked about weavers. WGSO New Orleans, it's time for the news from the USA Network. Stay with us for more of the food show after this. It is 3 o'clock. California continues to get drenched by atmospheric river storms. This week, Governor Gavin Newsom is activating the state's emergency operations center. Cal OES spokesman Brian Ferguson. Along the central coast and down into Los Angeles County, we're worried about flash flooding and land movement. And that's largely associated with the ground being just so saturated with water from the series of storms. There should also be a major snow melt in the coming days from the series of storms. Without a final agreement on key foreign aid or a deal to fund the government longer term, Congress is entering a two-week recess. Lawmakers are slated to return to Capitol Hill February 28th, just two days before the March 1st deadline, to fund certain government agencies while the rest must be funded by March 8th. Congress also leaves while it's in the middle of working out the details of competing multi-billion dollar foreign aid proposals out of the House and Senate. Police in East Texas are offering more details since an officer-involved shooting that involved a teenager who brandished a gun at his school. The teen carried the gun into Pioneer Technology and Arts Academy, a charter school in Mesquite, just east of Dallas. Officers responded and attempted to negotiate with the subject. During the process of negotiating, an officer-involved shooting occurred. Mesquite Police Sergeant Curtis Phillips says the student with the gun was wounded. There were no other injuries reported. The jury continues deliberations in the civil corruption trial involving Wayne LaPierre, the former CEO of the National Rifle Association. The trial's happening in a New York City courtroom. LaPierre's charged for allegedly misusing donated funds to the NRA. His attorney is calling the trial a political witch hunt. A man arrested for setting fire to a church in North Providence, Rhode Island. This happened on Thursday. 35-year-old Kevin Colantonio is facing charges after setting several fires around the exterior of the Shiloh Gospel Temple early February 11th. This is USA News. And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. That doesn't sound good. Paper shredder's jammed, but I think I fixed it. Oh, well, try shredding these $50 bills then. Seems like it's working. Mm, better try another 400 bucks. Stop. Instead of using money, use regular paper. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Not available in all states. Omaha Steaks Burger Perfection Flight, made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks, rewrites the book on burgers. Go to omahasteaks.com, use promo code TREAT at checkout for an extra $20 off your order, plus free shipping when you order the $79.99 Burger Perfection Flight, a fantastic array of pure ground steak-on-a-bun burger greatness. For $20 off the Burger Perfection Flight, use promo code TREAT at checkout at omahasteaks.com and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. Two women are dead after flames tore through a senior housing complex in New York City. They didn't have a chance. They didn't have a chance. Resident Nibia Cipriana, who says the victims were neighbors who looked out for each other. Initial indications from the local fire marshal's office on Long Island, fire was accidental in nature. In Minnesota, flags are flying at half-staff to pay tribute to two police officers and a paramedic who lost their lives while responding to a domestic abuse call in a Minneapolis suburb early Sunday. Authorities have confirmed the death of the suspect during the shooting. Respiratory illness is up in half the states in the U.S. As we work our way out of the winter season, 25 states are still seeing high or very high levels of respiratory virus activity. That's according to the CDC. 
leave it to Adam Sandler to forget why he's at the People's Choice Awards. Adam Sandler accepted the People's Icon Award at the 2024 People's Choice Awards. We got some reinforcing somewhat cool air going into the weekend, but it's not going to be a strong cold front that brings in only a minimal chance of a shower by tomorrow night. Sunshine today after the patches of fog and mid-70s. Falling off to the mid-50s. Clouds early to partly to mostly sunny. And windy tomorrow afternoon, middle 70s. Slight chance tomorrow night ending. And then sunny skies as a result with low humidity and about 70-ish. Friday, Saturday as well as Sunday. Ralph Sanjay, WGS. So, warmer days are ahead, and you're invited to fun family shopping at the Spring into Summer Arts and Crafts Show. There'll be an Easter bunny and free face painting for the kids. No admission charge and doors open at 9 a.m. Saturday, February 24th, Magnolia Park Recreation District, 13,000, Louisiana 40, Folsom, Louisiana. No admission charge and doors open at 9 a.m. Get more info on Facebook at Spring into Summer Arts and Craft Show. of the food show. Tom likes to say it's the second course. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris, and this is when we usually invite someone in to chat about something always having to do with food. That person today is not a restaurateur, but a diner. His name is Daniel Lund, and he is a fraternity brother of Tom's from way, way, way back in the day, and he was sitting next to me for a very pleasurable evening at Pascal's Manali recently. We got to talking about food, which of course is all New Orleanians talk about when they're eating. And he was talking about Chateau Fillmore, and, and I wanted to hear more about it. So, hey there, glad you could make it. Well, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. All right, so you were saying we got to talking about all different things, but you were focused on, uh, you said you've been following Tom for a long, long time, and your only real disagreement with his opinions was that he did not like this place, Le Chateau Fillmore, that was your favorite restaurant, wasn't it? Did you say it was your well, favorite it, restaurant? Well, it, it was. I, it, when yeah. I was, I'm going to say in high school and certainly early college years, so uh, this was back in the early 80s, uh, when Maurice Fitzgerald opened that up, that was really fine French dining, uh, admittedly on Hammond Highway, but just tremendous. And I stumbled on it, brought dates there. And I don't know if you got to go there, but he had things like silver wine goblets, which eventually became, you know, relegated to the, to the wine rack because, or the bottle rack, because you couldn't keep them polished. But it was that kind of like incredible over the top experience. Uh, it impressed my dates, I think, and uh, <laughs> I just loved it. So when Tom, I, I was subscribing to his male uh, male uh-huh. version of the uh, menu, and he and I remember some of the comments he had, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, this is accurate, but it's killing me because I love the place." <laughs> okay, so first of all, let's get straight where it is because I'm not exactly clear about that. As, as you turn, as the Old Hammond Highway turns into that neighborhood, is that that it where that condominium complex is, Pontchartrain, whatever it is? Close. It's a little farther. It's Frankie's Cafe occupied the space after that in like 2011 Okay. Uh, when Joe Sobel and Frankie were there. 
Uh, it was okay. a White House. Apparently, it was his parents' home, and he he got it at some point and turned it into a restaurant. Okay, so him meaning Maurice Fitzgerald. Correct. And Maurice, okay. apparent, I think he ran Fitzgerald's for a while and stopped. Uh, they sold the restaurant in the, it, I don't remember what year it was, but uh, and then he opened this place. Okay, so prior to Katrina, the Fitzgeralds were out of Fitzgerald's. Correct. Okay. I think I might have met Maurice Fitzgerald at one point because I remember that name. How old was he when he did Le Chateau Fillmore? Well, he died in the I think 2007 at 88. I was looking this up this morning, okay. so I'm okay. I'm going to say it was probably was that 20 years prior. Okay. Uh, so he was in his 60s, I guess. His wife Phyllis, uh, who had partnered with him in the restaurant and was the you know ran the front the of the Phil house. Phil Mar. Okay. Yes, yeah, so there was an article somewhere that called her Patricia, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't ring a bell. But then uh-huh. I remember that's why it was named Phil Phyllis and Maurice Fillmore. Okay. Okay. And she uh, she passed away early in the process, and I think that really uh, set him back, and oh, the restaurant uh-huh. started to suffer after that. I see. Okay. So this, and I do remember White House. I don't know if I ever made it to Frankie's. Did Frankie's take up residence there immediately after Le Chateau Fillmore closed? No, it was a while after that. Okay. Uh, was, prob- it, was it something probably. else in It may have been 10 years or so, yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't, something... I, I don't remember if okay. there was something else in between. Okay, so and and it the the restaurant closed. You said when Le Chateau Fillmore closed? When I could could look I'm this up on nomenu dot com. Mid to late eighties. Yeah. Okay. I, I, well, I, I'm guessing you couldn't find the old review on it though, huh? I looked. No, today yeah, you can't. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. That's why I keep saying this about nomenu dot com. If you have a question about a restaurant, this is like getting to be a favorite thing for me to well, do during the show. When I have a question, I just type it into that little search bar, and voila! Uh, now it's kind of hard to read because his reviews are not like the ones I do now, which is pretty much a story. His are, you know, we got this, we got this, we got this, and it's all outlined. So it's kind of hard to to read it and get the information while I'm on the air. Now, actually, what's interesting about it is it doesn't have anything that comes up for Fillmore, which is odd, because usually five or yeah. six different things come up. It's Le Chateau Fillmore, right? Correct. When I ran it this morning, the, the, there was an article about Frankie's uh, in there from 2011. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's when that's when you say Frankie's came to be. Uh, uh, yeah, around there. Okay. And just just right. as an aside, Joe Sobel, who ran Frankie's, and I were school classmates at Jesuit, and and we're in the Cub Scouts together. So it's typical oh, New wow. Orleans. I'm a fraternity brother of Tom's, and <laughs> i got a connection to most New Orleans of incest, as as they say, well, uh, as Tom always said. I, didn't, I would it. not have pictured uh, Joe Sobel as a, Frank, uh, as a uh, Jesuit guy. I would oh, yeah. not have thought that at all. Uh, yeah. okay. He was in the, I think he was in the ROTC. He was... Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, by the way, I want you to ask him for Frankie's contact info because I want to get a hold of her. I don't see anything I'll do it. I, about I any to. of this. Okay. So anyway, Le Chateau Fillmore was a fine French restaurant before, I guess, any were out there. Is French food something that you look for? Because if you do, then maybe you know if Nanu was around back then. Because I, well, I don't, don't think Nanu, I don't think so. And... Uh... <sighs> 
uh, let me say this. I wasn't going to Nanu. That, that, you're talking about Crepe Nanu Uptown? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Masson's had its sort of, you know, yeah. at least it came across that way. Yeah. Uh, but uh-huh. but at the time, I think the the other French dining location may have been, what, Lascaux? Oh, see, you're you're way before my time, so I don't know. Now, Lascaux, as I recall from Tom talking about it and writing about it, that was really hoity-toity, wasn't it? Oh, it was. It was. And I, you know, it was one of those places that I guess was like El Bouli that had sort of defined lifespan. It was going to come in for a while, and then you knew it was, wasn't going to last. <laughs> well, now, why, why is that? Why do you think that is? I think because there's so many other great places here, and 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 much in the manner of your review, I guess it was was it today of the steak the new steakhouse. Uh, there's there's too much going on when there's when the food ought to be the star of the show. Yeah. Yeah, well, in that case, yes, that was definitely uh, the case with that one. Yeah, I did look up um, Lascal while we're talking, and Tom has a uh, a review of it, and it's entitled Extravagance Unchained. Why did Maurice <laughs> Fitzgerald, who grew up in a seafood joint, why did he go straight to a fancy French restaurant? Not sure, but he always would say, and I read up on this, he was the first certified executive chef, whatever that means, in Louisiana. Hmm. And maybe he felt like it was time to put that uh, uh, Hmm. training to use. Well, that's interesting because uh, maybe he had studied uh, abroad or something. Maybe I would imagine that the Fitzgeralds did very well with that restaurant, so maybe... Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe he went out and got some actual European training. And you said it was really, really good, but Tom did not agree. Well, so I remember he, I can remember the article, and this is from probably the 70s, uh, maybe early 80s, but it was, um, do you have the date on it? I don't, and I have You can't find it, yeah. Well, I mean, no, I I could uh, if I had... um, done what you did, which was little show prep. <laughs> yeah, well, we have, and, and, I have but, stacks but he, of those things. What? Yeah, no, but he com- Tom complained about the way they carved the rack of lamb, that the table was wobbly, uh-huh. and he described the, the <laughs> chef so, it, sort of tongue-in-cheek as being very mellifluous, and, which was Maurice. He was <laughs> that guy with big tokay and the white hat and the uh-huh. and the Chef Boyardee mustache and all that going on, uh, but uh-huh. it was just it was tremendous. So yes, you really, you really thought it was it lived up to its billing as a fancy French restaurant. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, all right. Hang on, we're going to be back. We're talking to Daniel Lund, a fraternity brother of Tom's, who is really, really fond of, uh, well, at least of the memories, but certainly at the time, Le Chateau Filmar. And if you also have memories or memories of any of the things that we're talking about or that period, and would like to share them, five five six nine six nine six. We'll be back after this. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market celebrating 25 years. I get misty just holding your hand. 
Okie dokie. I am reading about Lascal while I am uh, waiting to rejoin Daniel Lund. It was in the French Quarter, Lascal was, uh, on Bienville Street. Where would that have been? Do you remember that? I do not. Okay, so you didn't, you didn't do that one. That was not No, right. and if okay. I did, I don't, uh, yeah, no, I would say no. Okay. All right, so while we were talking at the Pascal's Manali dinner, uh, you mentioned weavers, which was really the reason that I asked you to come on, because I wanted to know more about weavers. And I, I, I don't remember the conversation in great detail about how we got to weavers. So how did we get to weavers? Do you remember? I don't. We may have been talking about poor boys in general and the and the manner of making them, um, but I worked there for for several years as a teenager, and it was my first foray into the restaurant industry at all. Okay. Uh, I wasn't much of a diner back then, uh, but mm-hmm. but Steve Weaver, some people called him Buddy, had the recipe for a poor boy and how to put it together. And to this day, when I go, I go certain places and I see certain practices, I go, that's just absolutely not going to work. And it doesn't. <laughs> and he had it right. Um, well, what is it? Tell us what it is. Well, there are a gazillion poor boy places around town. We were just talking about Parkway yesterday and their roast beef and, uh, and comparing that to the sliced version. So what's, what was Steve, was his name Steve, Steve the owner? Weaver, right. Okay. Yeah, Steve. Okay. And his wife, Helen, ran the, ran the register and uh-huh. she ran sort of a rummage sale. It was sort of a, a K and B once removed in the store. You had some amazing jewelry. I don't know uh, what that is. Is that on your end or Patty? No, I don't think so. Patty, who is that? I have no idea. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. But so, so okay. So you had Frank, the guy who delivered the bread for Leidenheimer, right? And so he would handpick the bread for the place and bring the bread in the paper bags. Now, interestingly, I think I was at at Parkway the other day, and I asked them, I said, do you get the bread in the big paper bags? He said, yeah, we do. Do you agree with me that many restaurants now are buying Leidenheimer in plastic bags so that it lasts longer, but then are not? I find you have to redevelop the crust in the oven substantially in order to make it, you know, what it it ought to be. It should be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have no but, idea what the practices of getting French bread at restaurants. I mean, I sometimes will see French bread being delivered to restaurants. I've never seen it in plastic bags. I only see it in the paper. Well, but I don't you, see it you a lot. You never would have had a soft crust back in the day in the paper bag, unless it was like a crazy weird weather day, but that was rare. Yeah. Uh, the best days were, were cold, dry winter days, and you got what I would call telephone post bread. And, of course, Weaver would look at that and go, these sandwiches are going to be too big. <laughs> we're going to uh-huh. lose money today. But, yeah. but he made his own roast beef, and so he would get, a I don't know, a quarter of a cow delivered and just almost in the middle of the store butcher that thing. And <laughs> everything came from that. He had ribeye, poor boys, they came from oh, that. Wow. He had huh. rump roast or whatever that he did for them or sirloin for the for the roast and every day he would put those roasts you know sear them put them in the oven we'd slice them um we didn't know do a real debris thing but we made gravy from that and i those were fantastic wow they do sound fantastic uh yeah. someone named ed wants to talk to you i want to come back to this subject though sure. let's go to ed and see what uh what he has to say hi ed come on in i don't remember uh, maybe you remember I know Ground Patty was in uh, 
West End by um, uh, Wolf, you know, when you went over the little bridge and Ground Patty was up in the West End. I didn't sure, know that. I kinda rem- yeah, yeah, that's where they were at. You remember that? Dan, I, yeah, well, absolutely. Because I live down the street from there now, yeah, and it's been yeah. so many places and usually doomed. Right. But uh, okay, Sala, my, my is there you is, it was right across from, from the Yacht Hall, you know, where the boats yeah, are exactly. all. Okay. But then where you were talking at on Old Hammond Highway, where you made the turn where them condos are right now, mm-hmm. yeah. I kind of remember the ground patty in one of them buildings that you would park and go up on the second floor and you would I know what you're thinking about. I don't remember if the condo was built or it was just another building that they tore down. So that's fascinating. I think what you're thinking of, and maybe there was a ground patty at one point, but the building when it was initially built became a bull's corner. Oh, really? It was the same people had the bull's corner in, what is it, Laplace and the one uptown. And that, yeah. and we used to, my kids used to call that the castle because it was a big brick structure and it had parking underneath and you went up to the second floor. Right. And it was right. brand new. And, and frankly, and they uh, that, it made They tore that yeah. building down? They tore that they building tore it down, down to build what they built now. That was well, a shock. But before, what you said, the bulls, before it was that, it was the ground party. Huh. What, where are we talking about? Are we talking about uh, in that in that block where the con- all the condos are, where there are three Correct. condo? Correct. Okay. Huh. Correct. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Where you made the turn. Yeah, and it may be the same location where Chateau Fillmore was. I just lose track of the dates when yeah. things came down yeah. and went up. Yeah, that wow. was the ground patty. So. I had no idea. Okay. Well, thanks. Yeah, it was. I remember that well. So, okay. We love to talk about old restaurants, gone restaurants, extinct restaurants. Tom wrote a whole book about that. All right. Thank you. Bull's Corner was there. I didn't know that. What year was that, and, do you think, Daniel? Oh, well, my kids were alive, so 95 to 2000, something like really? that. Really? That's kind of recent. I mean, you know. Relatively yeah. speaking. Huh. And you lose track as to whether things like that went away after the hurricane. I'm going to say that, that, that Katrina wouldn't have been the source of that because it you know, it was on the side of the levee that didn't break. Um, but it was great because, you know, they always had the wine for $10 over store price and that sort of I thing. I loved the Bull's Corner. I really mm-hmm. loved the Bull's Corner. And... Um, I mean, they still have. Is is there still a Bulls Corner at uh, Baptist? Or is that gone? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Oh. All right. So anyway, back to Weavers because I really want to talk about that. So you actually were working. It sounds like you did everything there. So did you? Were you also a waiter, or was there a, no? There, there it was a fast casual thing, wasn't it? Correct. No, yeah, you walked in. There was a butcher counter, basically, where you ordered sandwiches. There was also you could also order snowballs and ice cream there, and there was a window outside that served you know the walk ups, including everybody coming from Lakeview Playground. So I learned how to make snowballs, um, <laughs> and and poor boys. So the, and the, roast the beef other sounds at, like. The other, yeah, the other aspect of his sandwiches is, you know, he he mayo on both sides of the bread. I know this sounds pedantic, but and then you know if he had and he did a lot of cold cuts in addition to like using chassisi ham and all that. I mean, if you wanted a bologna poor boy, you could get it, mm-hmm. and it was mayo mayo bologna on you know two, four slices total, cut in half, put half on one side of the bread, half on the other, so that you had the meat against the the dressing, and that 
is you know that's a solution to having that problem where it's just mayonnaise and lettuce and nothing ever really happens. Um, and and then you put the lettuce tomato pickle in the middle and and anyway it was just a perfect sandwich combination and his were delicious. So. How long did you work there, and what's where did he come from? Was that a business that he inherited, or was he in the restaurant uh, family? Was he a restaurant family? He, I worked there for two years, um, seventy six and seventy seven, or thereabout. No, no, I'm sorry, later than that, seventy nine, eighty, maybe. And his father, uh, uh, Steve, I'm trying to remember okay. what his first name was. He lived across but, the street, okay. and he had had it. And that was okay. his, and he was much, 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 he was very elderly by that time, maybe in his late 80s or 90s, okay. but yeah, okay. his dad's shop. Okay, yeah, because that's, I think, I, I'm going to, I'm going to search Weavers. I, did you say that, that Steve was called Buddy, or was his yes. father? Okay, so, all right, so let's see what Tom comes up with in terms of Weavers. All right, so the bread has to be in paper, and that makes the crust what? Like, what is, well, it, what is the reason the for The normal, regular French bread crunchy crust that we all grew up with. I, yeah. It may be the case that people today growing up with the, yeah. the bread coming in paper yeah. plastic bags don't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I know that the, the sand, well, that Tom used to always say that the uh, poor boy should also have sort of a toasted bread. But I will say that I have had, we did, I did this thing on poor boys around town and uh, I was surprised by the difference in the bread. Some were toasted, some was not, were not. Um, The one that surprised me most was Johnny's. They did not toast the bread. The innards of that sandwich were fantastic, but I didn't like having to pull it, which I did. Hmm. You know, and and what, there's a it's hard to figure out exactly how to do that because if you're toasting and you've already put the lettuce and tomato in, you you don't want right. hot lettuce and right. tomato, so you've right. got to go super hot. And maybe you don't put the lettuce and tomato in until after, but you should probably close the sandwich because you don't want to dry the fluffy bread on the inside. You just want to crisp the outside. Yeah, yeah. Tom says about Weavers that the roast beef had the classic flavor that any uh, New Orleanian would immediately recognize. So what was in roast beef? Was it just garlic and the beef and just I think he stuck it with it? garlic and he'd yeah. throw onions in the gravy and things like oh, that, but, but uh-huh. mainly salt and pepper, yeah. Uh-huh, okay. And so that is how you make, do you ever make roast beef at home? And do you If use I that? did, and it's been a while, uh-huh. uh, but I would do it just like that, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you were talking about roast beef places. So, what are some of your favorites? Oh boy, I find it hard to find one like that that I like as much. I don't find I don't like the debris sandwiches nearly as well. I mean, I, I go to Mother's and I like it, but I don't think it has that same taste. Um, same thing over at Parkway, and I think it's very good, right? Because there are places you go that you you immediately pick out the roast beef as being what we call freezer queen, which was freezer queen used to make roast beef in gravy. And, you know, every now and then mom would whip that out of the cabinet and, or the freezer. And that, and so you, you know, when places are not making it fresh and I think those other places are making it fresh, but they're not to I mean, they're not the same. Okay. So I guess freezer queen is what you are calling what I call Terry's roast beef. Do you who's, remember when- who's roast beef? 
Terry's roast beef was something that the uh, the convenience culture of the mid 20th century, uh, it arrived on the scene then. And essentially it was um, roast beef and gravy inside of a plastic, what would be like a sous vide, and you yes. put it in the water. And then I noticed over the years that uh, Terry's roast beef became mostly Terry's gravy, as things often do. <laughs> and, it was, and that was pretty much it. But I wouldn't say that, that Terry's roast beef tasted anything like a real New Orleans roast beef that's done properly, that, that, that those tastes are distinctly different. So what's your favorite roast beef out there around town? Now it's it would have to be Parkway right now. Um, I don't, okay. you know, I get. I tell you what, I, I get a lot of. And let me say this for people out there who are who are losing weight: if you get <laughs> a grilled chicken poor boy, okay, with no oh. mayo, do you realize that the let's say it's eight inches of Leidenheimer bread, two ounces of Leidenheimer, because the whole whole long poor boy loaf is around nine ounces. Two ounces of Leidenheimer French bread is 150 calories, and you add the grilled chicken because you need the protein. It's like a diet meal. Who'd have thunk it? But I now eat poor boys daily and lose weight. I'm like, really? I'm like Jared without all the issues. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, obviously that can be done because, uh, you know, he's doing it. Although yours are a whole lot better, I guarantee it, the ones that oh, you're yeah. doing for sure. All right, what? Daniel. We have come to the end of the half hour. You are welcome back anytime to talk about these these extinct restaurant experiences. Obviously, Le Chateau Fillmore was not your only place. So uh, you have an open invitation whenever you want to talk about this because we oh, love we can talk here. about Bart's on the le- the original Bart's. On oh the gosh, next time. okay. Well, I tell you what, then stay here, stay here because I don't really have anything. I- I'm going to hold you over. Can we talk about All Bart's right. right now? All right, news time. Sure. Uh, Louisiana Radio Network. It is three thirty. I want to hear about Bart's. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Colleen Crane. At the special session, a bill that would repeal the Age Act that went into effect in 2019 is making its way through the legislative process. The legislation approved in 2017 raised the age to 18 when a person charged with a felony could be charged as an adult. But lawmakers want to lower the age back to 17. It has the support of prosecutors of Oils Parish District Attorney Charles Riddle. I hope that this bill passes because I believe that 17-year-olds are committing very violent crimes and that we should be able to try them as a adults for that. Also, lawmakers debated the privacy portion of a bill to protect the names and drug manufacturers involved in the executions of death row inmates. In House Governmental Affairs, Hammond Representative Nick Muscarello says the state can't get the drugs needed because the manufacturers receive threats. So he's sponsoring this bill. They've been used successfully in other states. We actually did this from a Texas statute, so it's not a novel concept. LRN. Medicaid members, keep your coverage. Update your address email address and cell phone number to receive information regarding your benefits. Act now. If you get a letter from Louisiana Medicaid, read it and respond as soon as possible. For more information or to update your info, call the number on your insurance card or visit healthy.la.gov. That's healthy.la.gov. Remember to update all required information before Medicaid deadlines so you don't lose your coverage. What's that sound? That's the sound of Downy Unstoppable scent beads going into your washing machine and giving your clothes freshness that lasts all day long. 
There it is again. It's like music to your ears or more like music to your nose. That freshness is irresistible. Let's get a Downy Unstoppable bottle shake. And now a sniff solo. Nice. Get six times longer lasting freshness plus odor protection with Downy Unstoppables in Wash Fenty. If you want to take a look at what some of the finest companies in customer service have in common, I'll tell you. Take a look at the Nordstrom's, the FedExes, the Ritz-Carlton's, the L.L. Beans. Peel back the layers and here's what you'll find. You'll find a culture based on values that permeates from the top of these companies through their employees and to their customers. These values involve the way that both customers and employees are treated, an admission statement that hangs in their lobby. Every interaction, every engagement, every motion is executed with a particular intention based on those values. They have a mission, they know what it is, and they keep it top of mind. It's often referred to as constancy of purpose. Companies that have a mission, a constancy of purpose, stand out from the others. To learn more, check us out at thekindnessrevolution.net. The solar eclipse is coming in April, and you're going to be hearing a lot about it as it gets closer. You'll also be hearing about how important it'll be to have your solar eclipse glasses for your family and friends. Why not buy them from the store that promotes kindness? Simply go to shop-kindness.com and buy yours today. That's shop-kindness.com. By the way, our listeners get a 20% discount on all items. So head to shop-kindness.com and enjoy the eclipse safely with your family and friends. Remember, shop-kindness.com. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are seldom what they seem. We are back for the last uh, half hour of The Food Show. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. We're having a fun conversation with Daniel Lund, who I was sitting next to at an event for uh, dinner with the fraternity where Tom uh, was at UNO. And we got to talking about restaurants. And Daniel is like so many others in New Orleans. They dine a lot and love to talk about it. So I'll bet you a lot of people have something to say about Bart's. I am glad that you mentioned Bart's because I would love to talk about Bart's. I guess Bart's ended with Katrina also, right? No, it ended with a fire. This, this, three, oh, uh, yeah, the, the right. old, the Bart's that ended with Katrina, and I'm assuming that to be the case would have been the one that was rebuilt. The fire was in the mid, late 70s, and it was built as this new big fancy structure. It really had no, no connection or, or, or any similarity to the old Bart's, and was more like a, a discotheque and restaurant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, old Old Bart's was a single story old, you know, Louisiana seafood house with the waiters and the gold tux like jackets. Um, I remember going in, you, and you know, you could smoke in restaurants back then. I remember yeah. my mother had a trick. She said when the dinner would be a while coming, she'd say, "I'll light a cigarette, and it'll show up," <laughs> and it did invariably. Uh-huh. But but I can remember being at that bar as, a, you know, what, a 10-year-old? Like, that's what you do in New Orleans. And the people <laughs> ringing the bell when the tips would come in. It was just so active. And you had boats that would dock and come in. Uh, but the food was, was tremendous. And it's where I learned to eat a seafood platter and soft-shell crabs. 
and just just adored it, uh, and also uh, copious amounts of butter on Melba toast. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see that yeah. anymore for sure. The Melba toast at all, but I mean, you do, but the not not the Turnbull variety. So, we, so we, yeah, there's okay. no chance we're going to get Turnbull back, huh? Nah. Oh, man, I'm I think just... the building's even gone. I mean, it was mm. it was this dumpy little building deep in the Irish Channel, and I thought, wow, that's where Melba Toast comes from. But yeah, I no, I wish, I wish. So I mean, that wouldn't be first on my list of things to come back. What I really want back is Manuel's hot tamales, but I know that's never going to come back. So um, Bart's was. Are we talking about the original Bart's on the location? Was it in the location that is now Landry's? Exactly. Yeah, and okay. the second Bart's was there as well, but but that fire completely ruined it. And I when mean, was that? Over, what year was that? I was a sophomore in high school. I remember I was out on a date, you know, listening to WWL or whatever I did on dates back then, and and they announced there was a fire out there. So it was like seventy eight. Uh, uh, yeah, I must have gone out there at some point. We didn't eat out very much, but um, I remember the Bart's that replaced it. Mm. Now that you're talking about the fire, and I remember, I like that one okay too. Um, was it the same people? Uh, I don't remember, but I'm, you'd almost have to say no uh, because it was so completely different. I mean, not even rememotely close to it. It wasn't intending to be a seafood house. It was a higher end restaurant. Ah, okay. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, did you prefer Bart's to any of the others at West End? I think Bart's was pretty respected, as I recall. Yes, but you know, because we live where we live, uh, much in the manner that Eskimos have, what, 50 words to describe snow, and we have two, <laughs> cold, wet. Uh, you know, when you go to Brunnings, it would yeah. be a completely different experience, completely different food, you know, different salad, uh-huh. uh, the doormat flounder, which I guess Bart's had, but I never got it there. Uh-huh. Um, so they were, to me, favorite. they were all different. Yeah, Brunnings was Tom. Brunnings was Tom's favorite. Yeah, I think always. I mean, I always liked Fitzgerald's because that's where my family went, and I liked the building and the fact that it was huge, and you could look from one end of the building to another, mm-hmm. and it was like you might as well have been outside, and you had you know just a panoramic view of the lake, and that was kind of my favorite thing about it because. You know, we didn't know much about food back then, so it was good, you know. And but my family never I... went to Fitzgerald's. It was one of those weirdnesses. Oh, really? Like, we just, uh, my family never went to Mandina's, which was, because I live there now. Uh-huh. But it, it, we didn't go until I was a teenager, uh-huh. uh, and then all of a sudden it was my new favorite place. Okay. Well, so your family was a Bart's family. And a Bart's family a and a, a Guzzo's. Okay. Anybody remember Guzzo's? No. What is that? That was in, I guess, in Fat City. And it was, um, yeah, it was kind of just a New Orleans restaurant. And my dad would Guzzo's? take us out there. We knew Mr. and Mrs. Guzzo. Yeah. Spell it. G-U-Z-Z-O. Really? No, I have no idea. Uh, Horatio was the name of uh, Stephen's father, by the way. I was reading it over the break while we were, um, you know, 
while we're waiting to talk about about Bart's. So Bart's was kind of you said they they came to the table and they were wearing jackets like it was kind of upscale, later, but not in not in black tuxedos, but gold, sort of the gold jacket. Uh, um, I think Mandy oh, has I think had I know that what for you're a long about, time. Like a yellow gold, like a exactly yes, yes. okay, like yeah. the refrigerators back then. I see. Okay, yes. all right, well. That kind of gives me another memory of that, and I feel like you know I must have gone there at some point, but um, but and it was no. jammed. You waited for it. We'd go every Sunday night, and you waited and waited and waited for a table, uh-huh. but it was well worth it. Well, it's interesting that uh, how when do you recall it showing up? Was it around when you started dining out? Like when you were a kid, was it already there? I mean, I wonder what the original date of it. Yeah, was. it it it. it seemed to me to have a, a long history there. Um, Bonnie Bart ran it, is it my recollection. I think they also have um, the Beach Corner, uh, the Robert family. I'm not exactly sure how that worked together. I've always heard that, that was there was some connection there. The Robert uh, supermarket family. I don't. I don't know that it's the same folks. But you remember? Remember the Beach Corner became Robert's for a while, and now it's back to being the Beach Corner. I have. What is that? Where is that? It's a bar at the end of Canal Street near the cemeteries. Yes. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about now. Okay. Yeah. I don't. Uh, you know. I. I didn't. I didn't do a lot of bars, so um, I don't really know if somebody talks about something like that. I don't really know. Bart's Lighthouse Inn is what Tom has. Is that? Is that what it was called? I think that's the second one. Okay, he said, according to Tom, the 1950s is when it started, somewhere in there. So mm, I'm looking at that's, that's a review from 2010. That would have been well. It, well, it says the place burned to the ground in '76. Okay. In, in so, that article, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, it's. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, I like I said, I don't have a, a great re- recollection, but I do remember just really liking the place. And I feel like that was kind of like the, the prevailing sentiment about Bart's, you know, it was, well, it was we used to get, when well I got liked. old enough, we had a sailboat and we got there and dock. Uh, that was before they realized that you could have your ice chest open on the boat before they shut that down. But we got there and, and after saints games, you'd go to the bar and the saints would show up and <laughs> it was just fun. Oh, well, you know, Everything has to come to an end at some point, including including our conversation. Oh wait, oh, okay. So let's talk to. Uh, we're gonna all right. We're gonna say goodbye to uh, Daniel and take a break, and then we will come back and get that crawfish report from Will. All right, Daniel, welcome to join us anytime. Let me know, and we'll we'll talk more restaurants because uh, I thank you much. I love it. You know. All right, take My care. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Take care. All right, we are going to go to Will. Not right now, but we're gonna talk about Chasey Ham because Chasey. Casey Ham is our local iconic ham. It's a 115-year-old company. So we know it well and we love it. And whenever I talk about Chasey's, I think it brings up memories. I know that Darren was talking about going to the deli and getting a slice of Chasey and savoring it when he was a kid. And Nancy's grandmother saying, if you're out of ham, you're out, if you're out of Chasey's, you're out of ham because that's our ham. Chasacy's doesn't only have the delicious VIP ham. They also have a bone-in ham. They have a roast beef. They have a lot of different kinds of sausages. And they have acquired Schatz chili, which a lot of us grew up with. 
Chasasi Bros or Chasasi Brothers, that's the company, but Chasasi Bros is the website where you can go and see all of the different offerings that they have. But the real crown jewel of the operation is the Chasasi VIP ham. As Tom has always said, don't even think about doing the root beer glazed ham without the Chasasi ham. It has a silky texture and a luscious taste. It's a really delicious taste. It is the one and only, and it's maybe not something that you see as, it's not as ubiquitous as it used to be. I mean, it used to be you would go to the deli and the thing on top would be the Chasasi ham. If it's not that way, ask them to slice some for you because it's our ham. So it's there. It's there. You might not see it at first, but just ask for it. Chasasi ham, the Chasasi VIP ham. It's the one and only. And we'll be back with more of the food show after this. Care <clears throat> Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. Will is here. Hello there, Will. We've missed you. <clears throat> How are you doing today? Good to hear from you. How are you doing is the question. Now that crawfish are out there, you're pro it's probably a madhouse again, huh? Yeah, it ain't quite a madhouse yet. We just finally reached our... Never thought I'd say this is a good price, but this is our normal, <laughs> you know, just a normal January price. We're just a oh, little late it? for the party. Oh, is it? It's is the is it usually this price in January? Really? Yeah, you know, end of December, beginning of the year, first of the year, January. You normally see, you know, six, seven dollars a pound, uh -huh. and um, we are seven ninety nine boiled today. Okay, so now let me ask you this: Is it looking like it's going to level out and stabilize, and we just got a little bit late, but we're going to be fine, or is it going to be really expensive because there's just less of it? Well, I think the, all the reports of, hey, it'll never go under 12, obviously that's wrong. Um, okay. I don't think we're going to get to the, you know, the 299 boiled we normally see. Uh -huh. um, I don't think it's going to get that low. I think the demand, obviously our demand is as high as it's ever been. And the supply is trying to catch up this year. So I think it'll still go down. I just don't uh -huh. think it's going to go down as much as it usually would. Well, is the product itself up to par? They're actually good. Yeah, so everybody's okay, first good. assumption is they're probably small and nasty. I'm like, no, they're actually nice. Okay. They're good size. They taste good. Okay. They're just expensive. So, okay. you know, it's kind of a, if you're willing to get into them, I think, I, are they worth it to some people? Um, uh-huh. But they, well, I, they, I, they are not that good high. quality. Yeah. yeah but, I mean, $8 a high. pound is still a little steep for what we're used to. Uh-huh. So uh, do you have a lot of them? Is it, are, are, are people getting rationed, or is it you, you can get what you want of them? Uh, no, there's still a degree of, I couldn't say, hey, I need 30 sacks. I don't expect 30 to show up. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, but we're not doing one or two. You know, we're getting a few uh -huh. sacks here and there. Everything. Okay. We haven't had too many problems with sourcing them yet. 
Well, good. Okay, so it's it's looking good. Now we can start talking about crawfish season actually happening. It's here. I think it's going to happen. It may be a little, you know, stunted compared to how it normally is, but it's it's upon us for sure. I, I said yesterday to somebody who's also in the business, I said, you know, we're here for with 10 sacks today, and I feel like tomorrow we're just going to wake up and there's going to be 30. I feel okay. like the season is going to blow up on us one of these days. Okay, so you're just feeling confident that we're we're back in business. I think so. Okay, good. Because don't you say that the peak for crawfish season is usually Easter? Easter Mother's Day. That's uh, that gap. I know it's a short uh-huh. gap, but that gap is usually, in my opinion, the best month. Prime prime season for crawfish. Now, does it seem like it will go on as a longer season? Uh, or uh, about normal or shorter based on what, you know, what you're seeing now? Well, I think everybody would assume, hey, it started late, it ends late. I <laughs> don't think that's going to be the case. Um, Just be I a shorter season. it's all a matter of the weather. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, if it gets, if we start getting 100 degrees tomorrow, please don't. Um, uh-huh. No. It would end shorter. No. You know, it's, there's, the weather plays a lot into this when we're trying to control and move water. And, yeah. you know, water is a, a valuable resource at this point. Uh-huh. And um, so the weather does matter. I'm not going to say it's the only issue, but it definitely uh-huh. matters. Well, what, what caused this? What, what caused Well, it started the with no, no water. I mean, they're trying to fill their ponds with water they didn't have because uh-huh. we had that uh-huh. nice dry spell, um, uh-huh. illegal okay. drought, you know. And then it's, yeah. um, so you can't get water in. You can't farm, essentially. You can't even begin to farm. So they yeah. just got a really late start. And uh, okay. they lost some of last year's crop. That would be their breeders. Uh, and uh, okay. somebody told me the other day that this is really going to affect next year. Oh, I'm not really? sure that's going to huh. be. Well, you know, people buy crawfish at the end of the year to stock their ponds. So I don't really think it's going to make next year that bad. But I guess everybody's got an opinion. Well, that's interesting. I, you know, I guess when you're talking about breeders, that does you know, portend something for uh, for the future that, you know, either good or bad. So that's interesting. Okay. What else is going on over there? Got anything else to report? Got about uh, five you know, it's minutes. Lent. Hmm? It's Lent's upon us too, you know. We still got shrimp. <laughs> shrimp are good price. Shrimp are delicious. Good. Oh, that's good. Shrimp um, are plentiful. They're good and good price. Oh, yeah. We're okay. working on some new stuff for the deli coolers. Uh-huh. Um, I'm working on like... stuffed potatoes today. Oh, nice! All right, so uh, how is your um, how is your to go coming along? It's uh, I think people pass it up a lot because it's in the freezer. Yeah, but um, you know it's a shelf shelf stable thing. Grab it on your way out. You know, heat it up in a week when you remember you put it in your freezer. Yeah, and uh, you know I really want that to. I feel like that's part of the future of food service is take and bake. Yeah, oh, uh, absolutely. Actually, the future is upon us. Uh, I say the future, but it's. <laughs> It's now. Well, it's been um, going on like for quite some more. time, but I think that more people are getting into the game for sure because it is something that people want. I mean, I tried your seafood lasagna. I thought it was delicious, and it was a Thank huge you. portion. You know, I mean, really. I made could, it for four. You know, yeah, I was about to say it is four. Yes, yes. And it, I was about to say, I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but it seems like you could feed four. So, okay, good. Well, that, uh, and everybody's like, hey, it's $30, and I want to know. Hey, you can't go out to eat seafood lasagna for $30 for four. That's, that's so, right. That's absolutely right, mm-hmm. you know. And you, and you don't. 
I mean, we're not probably going to see those in really, really freezing cold temps where you just want to hibernate again, but uh, it's still a great thing to have in the freezer and you can just take it out on the rainy, nasty days, you know, that are, I'm sure, going to be coming again. So it's perfect it's a for good those thing. days. Yeah, it's a good thing to have. I used it when we were uh, dripping the pipes and I it, it made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside because I really like pasta, creamy pastas or you know, a marinara with pasta on a cold, nasty day. It makes me feel better. What's going on with trout? I actually got some this week. Oh, so good. I, uh, I had placed my order and everything, and then finally I get a random text message at evening, like, I got trout tomorrow. I'm like, he said, how much you want? I'm like, all of it? I mean, what kind of question is this? <laughs> you have, you've been holding out on me for a month now. Yeah, um, why do you think that was? What's going on with that? I don't know. They, it's... The, with all the regulations, it, I feel like sometimes it just hits the fishermen harder than other times. Mm-hmm. So yeah, trout redfish, or you can't do nothing with them here, but they're still heavily, heavily regulated across the Gulf South. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think that just, you know, it affects them along the way. Okay. So you have some now. I got some trout. I bought some puppy drum, mahi, redfish. Uh, the usual salmon. Everybody loves salmon. Yeah, I love salmon. But but I, I've been looking for it. It's speckled trout, right? It's, is it speckled, it is speckled trout? trout, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, that's great. That's terrific. Well, you will be seeing me then because I don't know about tonight, but certainly in the next couple of days. How long does that usually last when you get a... Uh, if I buy it today, if it made it to Friday, I'd be very surprised. It usually doesn't okay. make it through a day or two. Okay. So you it came in today? Yeah. Okay. And I ho- hopefully there'll be more Friday. Usually it's like clockwork. Every couple of days I can get some. And it's just, uh-huh. we just had a rough spot there for a minute. Okay. Do you have, I mean, I know you do seafood every single day. So do you have any kind of specials for, you know, everybody's getting in on the Good Friday Act. So do you have anything that you're doing that's special for that? I think this Friday we're going to roll out etouffee. Um, okay. It's not something I normally do. But uh-huh. I think you're going to see it this Friday. Okay, so crawfish etouffee or shrimp etouffee? Uh, I might do both. You know, it depends on how I'm feeling. Give everybody like the options. What people have their options. <laughs> Wait, you know. so two separate ones or all together, like a seafood? No, etouffee? same same base, but I'll keep the uh-huh. protein separate. Oh, okay, all right. Well, good. Uh, text me if you do that, so I can mention it. Okay, because yeah, I think people I'll let would, you know. would like to would like to know that. All right, Will, we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye because we're getting close to the end of the show. So I'm glad to know that crawfish are rolling. I wish that you would think about squeezing us in on a weekly basis to get you know as as crawfish season progresses. I know you're super busy, but um, it's fun to talk about the crawfish season mm-hmm. as though it changes week to week because it really does <laughs> well now we got something positive to talk about crawfish yes. season <laughs> okay all right was this your first week of having it it seems like it seems like um, they're here now this is i would say maybe our second week but we had a big uh-huh. gap in between because they raised the price and i said i'm not willing uh-huh. to go up y'all okay. i'm going down i'm not going up <laughs> okay okay all right but they're there now all right uh we're here boiled crawfish and i guess do you have the other the live uh, ones now if you come in the morning or let me know i'd have live but i don't i'm not okay. intending to sell so live. you're doing your so you, their crawfish are uh, a premium so it's going to be boiled yep 7.99 okay. a pound 
All right. That's great. That's wonderful. I'm glad to know it. All right. Thanks, Will. Appreciate it. Always. Thank Take care. You. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Okie dokie. This is about the time for George to call. So, um, what is, what are these sounds, Patty, that are happening? It's like, yeah, it's low. Patty? I don't know what that is. It's so weird. No, that's like the second, the, that guy, I guess, Ed, when he was calling. But your microphone is, is not right. So we do, I do want it to be, you don't have to be on top of it, but. I know what it is. Okay. What is it? Sit tight. It's somebody else on your clean feed. <laughs> so Higher like that. Okay. All right. Okay. Are they gone? Glad you fixed that ahead of time because that was making a horrible okay, sound. Well, let's just listen to this other show. <laughs> okay. You can't do anything about that, Patty? Okay. All right. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> why would someone? Do that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's uh, interesting. Anyway. All right. So back to what we were talking. We we're talking about uh, Tony Angelos. You said that the group. That was really hardcore. Tony Angelo's went over to nephews. Tony Angelo's nephew uh, opened a place in Metairie. It's you have to really look for it. It's at yeah, the back it's of a hard shopping to find. center. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that is that is straight ahead. Tony Angelo's, and I think all the players are there. Everybody just sort of picked up and went over there. But I also think that the Tony Angelo's people were open-minded enough to give Rizzuto's a try, and I see them at Rizzuto's, too, I feel like, you know. But, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but Rizzuto's is much more expensive, as I recall, than Tony Angelo's was. And um, it's... it's Yeah, you're it's, right. It's... I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's better than Tony Angelo's. Do you think... Or do you prefer Tony Angelo's? No, I prefer Tony Angelo's. I, I love Tony Angelo's. Yeah. Well, uh, he, he definitely still has his very ardent fans, no question about it. I forgot to ask Daniel Lund about um, LaRuth's because he was talking about, you know, gravitating to the French restaurant. And I think LaRuth's could be classified as that as well. Yeah. I think anyway, right. we will have another installment of the food show for you tomorrow at the same time as always. In the meantime, I would direct you to nomenu.com for the answers to all these questions. I'm having a lot of fun just typing things into the space bar and or the search bar and finding out the answers to questions because uh, there are lots of questions and we do love our extinct restaurants and we do love revisiting places that were near and dear to our hearts and Tom has chronicled all of those things over 50 years and that is where you will find it at nomenu.com n-o-m-e-n-u.com that is also where you will find some 700 recipes there are restaurant reviews and dining diaries and a list of open restaurants and so many things. Extinct restaurants, like I just said, that's where you will find them. I, I don't know if it, in a section, but just type it in the space bar. We have a newsletter coming out at the end of this month. You can sign up to receive it on the front page of nomenu.com in the top right-hand section. Uh, you will find... Um, 
a space to to sign up for it. We also have our Instagram at the New Orleans Menu. I am back to Instagramming because I have been posting new content on NoMenu.com. It's not only a, a historical document; we have new content up there as we go out and visit places. So. N-O-M-E-N-U.com. You can read about current things as well. And current reviews if you type things into the search bar. Instagram is at the New Orleans menu. We have sort of a little dining diary there, and that's where I am promoting the newsletter and uh, and the website. We'd love for you to tell a friend about the show. We had another good show today. That's not like it's all that big of a surprise. We have fun every day. Tomorrow we have Jamila, Jamila's Cafe on. That His name is Monsef Spa. And we will be talking to him about I was about wondering Tunisian who that was. Food. Tunisian food. WGSO New Orleans. It's 4 o'clock. Time for the news. USA Network. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night.